Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world. Welcome to another episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. I am Lee Elias, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Benelli. And today, we have a topic that is controversial to some, not to others. It is hockey's golden rule, the 24-hour rule. And we're going to talk about the importance of this rule and why it will save your team, just in case you don't know what the 24-hour rule is. It's decompression time. <laughs> it's time to think what you're doing. It's time to reflect. In long and short of it is that after a game, after a practice, after any hockey uh, type event, the rule is you give each other 24 hours before you air out any concerns that you may or may not have with a coaching staff or anybody else involved. So we're going to go through three different ways to look at this today, actually four uh, parents to coaches, parents to players, and coaches to parents, and then the overall focus on the entire thing. And today we're going to start with the 24-hour rule from parents talking to the coach uh, this is really why the rule exists. Again, we're going to expand on it, but uh, friends, let's talk about it because let's be honest, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Whenever there's a loss, whenever there's a disagreement, every parent becomes a coach. Am I right? Yeah. Well, it's almost like the, from, from the player's perspective too, right? When you win a game, it's the, it's the players. And when you lose, it's the goalie. When you <laughs> lose, right. uh, when, when, you, <laughs> right. know, you know, the, the goalie could have had 75 saves, but like, well, listen, we won the game. We, we did a great job. And I think it's the same with the parents you right. know, and, 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 and coaches. You, you are a loss brings out so many other emotions um, and it, 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 harder for you to control. But, but no doubt that in a loss, there's a lot of, uh, you know, coaches on the, on the, in the stands and in wins, it's, it's almost like, well, of course we're expected to win. Right. So, and that's uh, what we're know. talking about a team, right? We're not even talking about individual players because you can win a game and still have a very angry parent uh, depending on ice time and things like that. Right. So right. this is going to be an interesting discussion because I'll kind of be the mediator here. You know, Mike is going to serve as the coach in this episode and Christy, you are very much going to serve as the mom in this episode. And I'm, I'm kind of both right now. Right. And Mike, you are too. Don't get me wrong, but, that's for the, the nature of the episode. So, um, Mike, you said it best. I, I forgot which NHL coach said it, but it's like when a team wins, the players got it. They're the heroes. When the team loses, it's the coach's fault. It's never the other way around. And, right. and that's one of the things about the 24-hour rule is that, first off, it should be established with every organization uh, where parents are involved, okay, that after a game there is just no conversation for 24 hours. Um, and I, as I can tell you this as a coach, Mike and Christy, you can comment on this. Um, a lot goes into planning a game. It doesn't always go your way. Emotions are very high after games, both ways, excited, upset. It is not the right time to air out anything. I, I always say this. 
Um, and it, this is communication 101. It's not even based on just hockey, right? I try not to make decisions when I'm too high or too low, right? Because when emotion gets into it, I make bad decisions. And I find this happens all the time. And I'm sure we have some horror stories today involving that. But Christy, let me turn to you because you, you've seen this entire um, experience from the, from, from the viewpoint of a parent. Right. What has been your experience when it comes to at least the coaches with a 24 hour? Right. Well, let me take you back to my very first parent meeting, preseason meeting where we all got together. I remember the coach looking right at me because he saw I was the newbie on the team. And he said, uh, all right, newbies, raise your hand, raise the hand. He looks right at me. He goes, I want you to remember two golden rules in hockey. (laughs) Number one rule, 24 hour rule. That is the golden rule. Number two, silence is golden. (laughs) What am I getting into here, people? Um, And and he's right, because as I became more of a veteran hockey, you see it in the stands. I mean, hockey's a really emotional game. We get that. I mean, you watch your kids battling for the puck. Anything can happen out there on the ice. It's tough to see your kid take a hit. It's tough sometimes to see the refs make calls that you don't agree with. Sometimes it's really tough to see coaches – make decisions where your kid is short, doesn't get as much ice time as you think they should get. You get a little hot under the collar in the stands and your emotions boil over. The last thing you want to do is confront a coach right after the game when you're um, so emotional. You're going to say things that you don't mean. You're going to do things that you don't mean to do. You might do it in front of the kids and that's the last thing you want to do is set a bad example in front of your kids. And I've talked to a lot of coaches who've set this rule into place, and they've said, you know what? So many confrontations have been avoided. I've seen so many parents who are really angry. I institute this rule, and the next day, they forget about it. They don't even remember what they were angry about. After 24 hours, the cooler heads prevail. You get to step back and, you know, was it really that bad? Did it really make a difference? Was that call really bad? You start thinking things differently. You get a different perspective on things. Right. And you really have to learn how to separate your emotions from your kids' sports development. That's right. really important. Yeah, and, and you know, that's great stuff, Christy. And I'll, I'll tell you this too, just switch over to Mike. You know, Mike and I had this great conversation, Christy, that I wanted you to hear uh, yesterday because uh, Mike and I were talking about coaching before having kids in coaching after having kids and it completely changes your perspective from at least the coach's point of view on, on exactly what you're talking about. Like when you don't have kids again, cause I'm, I've coached more recently without kids, right? Um, the attitude of the coach is like, I just don't get, why are you yelling at me? I'm volunteering my time or this is my job. And then when you do have kids, you go, Oh, <laughs> I, I completely understand that. Like now yeah. I know why. So Mike, you were telling me about that when, when you were, you were making that kind of transition. Again, I'm kind of fresh to it. Like I'm brand new. I haven't, my kid hasn't even been playing six months yet, you know, and I, I'm already feeling that like, Oh, I want him to get the puck there and he didn't get the puck there. And you know, I, yeah. I, know I keep my mouth shut, <laughs> yeah. but Mike, t- tell me about that with your experience a little bit. Yeah, no. So it's, it's, it's basically, you know, when you look at a, a parent, and, and, and their, and their emotions. Sometimes that 24 hour rule too, what I try to do, like I, I send out a parent's guide at the beginning of any team I work love with that. and the parent's guide that. to Mike Benelli. That's a like, good tip. By understand, way. you know, to, to Christy's point, when I first started coaching as a non-parent, Mike Benelli out of college, thinking <laughs> he knows everything. I played hockey, you know, I don't, don't ever, you know, so my rule to the parents and, and, and they'll remind me of this on Facebook or anywhere else, right. Is that, you know, I would start off saying Mike Benelli, I can't wait to work with your kids. 
Don't ever contact me. Don't see me. You'll, you'll see you at the banquet. And that was, that was, you know, that was back in whatever, in the early nineties, right? See, I'll see you at the banquet. Don't communicate with me. And we as coaches need to do a good job too of communicating, you know, what those expectations are ahead of time. And, and I think the 24 hour rule also applies in, especially in, in sports is letting, letting you go home with your child and see if they were even upset about what you're right. upset about. Because most of the time, like, Chances oh, no, dad. They weren't. No, right. they didn't even they know. They're like, them. oh, no, he, right. he sat me because uh, I mouthed off on the bench. Or, you know, or I, I, or I or, oh, no, my skate was untied. That's why I missed the shift. And dad and mom are going, I can't believe he missed the shift. Right. You know, what did he do? Like, and I think that's where the, you know, again, just yeah. having the perspective you know, that the, the child doesn't even know why the father and mother are mad. I, I think when it comes to parents, and like I said, I'm saying this as someone in the middle of both sides of this. You know, if you're, if you're hot, if you're enraged, right, you've got to at least take a second and also look at, like, what, what is my kid potentially learning here? Like, right, because here's the thing. Is it, am I, like Mike just said, am I upset and is my kid upset? That's a good way to look at it, number one. Number two is, is there a life lesson being learned here? Right. Like, so as a parent with my kid, if I see something like, uh, like my kid used to get very emotional when he would lose, right. He had a hard time losing in the beginning. Right. And I don't like to see my kid upset, but I also see this as an opportunity of like, listen, son, you don't always win. Okay. And, and it's how you bounce back from this. that's going to make you the person that you want to become. Right. I remember being a self, myself as a player getting cut from a team that I wanted to be on or not having a good game. All right. Uh, my father who, who, and my mother, who I think did, did, in my opinion, really handled this well, right? I'm, I'm just saying that from my point of view, which, which I don't know how many kids say that, right? They would really explore like, well, why did that happen? And then if it wasn't, on, if it wasn't fair, they'd say, look, no, that's not fair. And I'm, I'm hurting too. It hurts me when you're hurt, but that's life a little bit here. What can we do to combat that? Knowing you might not get what you want out of it, right? Knowing that from hockey as a teenager, Going into life, being a business owner <laughs> or a coach changes your perspective. You know, I think it's also important to, to mention, too, that uh, coaches need time to reflect, too. All right. Do you think after a loss, a coach is like, well, we played really good today? And it's like, That's not what's happening. Like, we're thinking about it, too. We're thinking about the mistakes we made. The last thing we want is a parent coming up and telling us all the mistakes we made. <laughs> right. How we could have done it better. Like, we and the, and the, like, right. And the last thing you want too is to make a scene in front of your, right. all the other players. You think being right. that parent. Don't be who's that so parent. <laughs> un, hot under the collar. Right. I mean, your emotion is like a raw nerve being exposed sometimes yeah. right at, after great, what you've just that's seen. That's a great one, Christy. That's great. Right. And you yeah. can't, you just want to throttle somebody. But if you do that in front of your kid, I'm, I guarantee you, and I've seen this, the kid is so embarrassed of right. you. Right. You want that hanging on your head that you just embarrassed your kid in front of the team and, and maybe your perspective was way off. Right. And you're you teaching them to the do that to their picture. kids when they exactly. get Exactly. Yeah. So I, I know from my perspective too, as a parent and a coach of a kid on a team with other kids that I really consider, you know, I want to coach those children like I'm coaching my own child. Like I want them to have the same experience. So I have to remind myself and I remind the guys uh, and the coaches I work with on the bench, loss, the kids go in the locker room, take a breath. Right. Don't attack the game. Now they don't, they don't listen to it anyway. There's <laughs> zero, there's nothing that you're going to, you know, scream right. and yell about. And I, and I was that guy. I mean, we've lost games where I think mean, I did walk out and the parents are like, wow, you really gave it to them in there. I'm like, well, you know, most of it's, probably not even real because I'm just right. trying to get emotion out of them. But you know, if you're going to 
you know, and Lee knows too, at the, at the, even the professional level, sometimes tweaking those kids between periods. And we don't get right. that in youth hockey because you're not in the locker room, but tweaking them and, and yelling at them or really, you know, getting some emotion out of them in between periods is a much different thing than the game ends. You're right. in the locker room and you're going to go in there and rip these kids apart yeah. and they're not listening. There's nothing there. So you have to have the 24 hour rule for yourself too, and reflect on, wow, you know, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Like when I, when I used to get on officials and when this one official, I really loved on the bench, I'm like, you got to make better calls. He goes, so you should have, you do see the shift you just made. You know, I would never put that kid out there with that kid. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. You know, and, and, that, and then to me, it's like kind of diffuses the situation. And I think yeah. we have to do that. We have to diffuse our situations. And right. I tell you this, if that's the, if you can create that environment, you'll diffuse the parent situation. Right. Cause they'll see their kids aren't coming out razzled either because if your child comes out of the locker room and you just you as a coach just ripped into them about something the dad or mom is going to feel that and be upset about it yeah right and that's and, and we have to do a better job of you know releasing them to the parents mm -hmm. in a better environment right look i'll say this too look there are great good coaches and there are bad coaches out there and each situation is a little bit different uh mike i want to comment and sidestep with this a little bit about just how you treat your kids in the locker room and, how, and and what the goals might be and i think this should give perspective to everybody that's watching or listening to this episode you know one of the things that i like to say as a coach um not so much in the early part of the year in the early parts of the year you got to make a lot of course corrections typically um you know that's you know, you're making massive strides to try and find your game but once you get to three four games into the year my opinion is this, in the games, you're not going to be able to make massive change to your uh, lineup, to your tactics, to your strategies, to your skill sets too. I, I see a lot, of kid, a lot of coaches try and implement new skill sets in a game. A kid is not prepared to do yeah. that in a game. Not the time to be doing it. Exactly. Right. That's what practice is for. 100%. Uh, right. right. So, so I always said this to my coaches, especially later in the season, is if they don't know it now, they're not going to know it. Right. So we have to be able to pivot them within the direction that we set, communicating that with parents, especially at the younger ages. Like the coach that I'm working with now does a great job of explaining this is what we're working on. I remember the first practice, he said, Listen, your kids are atoms, gonna be mites. There is only one skill that matters this year, it's skating. Right. So if your kid has a rocket shot and he can't skate, that's not what we're looking for right now. And it was put out there very clearly. Nobody's upset. Again, Adams is a little bit easier. There's not so much emotion. Although I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys that we did have a, like our first game. So this is the first game for a lot of kids um, in this environment. And I could see the parents go, get the puck. Yeah, they're, they're on the glass. <laughs> we're not Skate. even keeping score. Yeah, we're not even keeping Show. score, right? And it's like your kid's not even going to remember this game most likely. Hit people with cameras, but, um, you know, you see it. But my point is, it's like be realistic about the expectations you have for your team as a parent, as a coach, right? Make sure that the kids know that. And above all, like, you know, we said this in another episode and make sure you go back and watch or listen to all our episodes is that, you know, you can't assume kids are going to be motivated the way you are motivated. So screaming at the kids in the locker room, I can tell you this right now, especially with today's kid, today's teenager down, yelling is not a great motivational tool. All right. Uh, it, it, I, it definitely worked on me when I was a kid, but this is a different time in the eighties. Okay. You know, so you got to know your audience. You got to know your, your, your team and what motivates them, what demotivates them. Great way to find that out, by the way. Ask them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right. Uh, and and ahead, also res respect the fact there are times when they're not going to want to talk about it. Like right. I can remember my son, Joe, such a perfectionist. He knew when he had a bad game. Right. right? And, you know, he have his head down. He get into the car. And my husband and I were so tempted to just jump right in, to go over all of the mistakes right. that we saw. 
knows what he did wrong. He knew it better than us. His head's down. And we just let him process everything. Right. We didn't open up the discussion. We let him start the conversation Smart. and then direct the conversation too. Then we would jump in if we felt that he wanted to hear from us. Right. The kids need that 24 hours, too. Right. maybe not as long, but they need time too after you know, they messed up on a game. They just feel lousy about how they performed. They know it. They don't want to hear it from you. They already heard it from the coach. They already heard it from their teammates. They don't need to be sitting in the car on that long car ride home listening to you. We always just picked another another topic to talk about and just kind of lift his spirits, get him right. off, get his mind off of that, you know, and talk about things that were coming up that were fun to kind of lift his spirits because – Trust me, the kids, the kids know it when they've messed yeah, but, up. But, but, they don't need you know, to I, hear I, you. But, but I, think, I think that, you know, understanding that piece of it, right, and talking to your child in the car or in the, in, in the hallway of the rink after a loss and, you yeah. know, the other team's right. walking out, they win, their bags are on, the parents are patting them, they're all getting like, they're clapping oh, as they walk I out of the rink. That. And you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and I think but, but we have to be, you know, Lee said it earlier, we have we have to react the same way in wins too. We can't it can't right. be just all ice cream and bubble gum, you know, after a win <laughs> and a loss is like you're 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 you know, you're making the kid walk behind the car home. Yeah. I mean so Sunshine, so having that level that but <laughs> <laughs> it's you that know. twenty-four hours of right. of we won, hey, hey, that was a great game. Look, uh, look, I, look you know, back to our earlier episode, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I love watching you play. Let, let me let me Lost. jump in here because because you guys have done a great job transitioning for us to, to 24 hours for parents to their kids. It's, it's, so so again, the second part of the rule here is 24 hours. And Chris, you said it might not take 24 hours with your kids, but you should assume right. that a 24 hour rule of some time. sort with your yeah. kids, yeah. right? And and I want to start this section by by saying this, and and this is something I really firmly believe in. I know with our show, this show. Um, you know, some of the stuff we do is is mostly opinion based, but this is one that I've kind of put my foot down. What you should be showing your child after a game, win, lose, draw, anything in between, best game of their life, worst game of their life, no matter where it is on that scale, you should be showing your child love and making sure that they understand that this is a safe environment for after a game, okay? I have seen the kids that come out of the game where they play great, where the parents rip into them for not doing something perfect. I've also seen kids play bad games and the exact opposite. Uh, show your kids love. You should be a safe environment for your children after a game, no matter how they did. You do not want, and I'm saying this very poignantly, okay? You do not want your kid believing that your love for them is ranked on their performance on the ice. It is not safe. It is not good. They will pass it down to their kids, and it creates an imperfect and an uh, improper and an, an unrealistic sense of what worth is. Okay, I'm telling you, I've never seen that help anybody. All yes. right. Oh, you're so right. And just remember, pros make mistakes, right? right. Kids are going to make them too. Right. Let them make the mistakes. They're going to learn from those. Ab Don't always feel that you have to fix everything for them. Christy, a lot of times, let them figure it out. I'll, I'll tell you this. When I, and, and again, I'm sorry to cut you off. You're just making me think. I'm really passionate about this one, right? <laughs> Listen, when, when, I, when I start with the new kids, right? So I, I've, I've obviously coached my own kids. I've coached young kids in the past. I'm coaching Adams now. I'll ask this to you. I'll do it like it's a question. I always say, does anybody know the first rule of hockey? This is when they're starting. What do you, get, what do you think I say to them? Have fun. Okay. 
That's that is a good one. That is a very that's oh, that's the, first rule. the first rule. Learn. So first first skill based rule. Try hard. Close. Close. Mike, you got anything? No, no. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm just. I was right. coming no. from a parent. The first rule. No, th- th- this is great, and this is why I want to. Because th- listen, you guys are emulating. Be positive. No, <laughs> these are all great rules, though. Right. The first rule I said, Eddie Kid on the ice. I said the first rule of hockey. It's okay to fall down. Oh. All right. The first thing I tell them is it is okay to fail out here. I All see right. where you're going with this. Right. You, you can't be afraid to fall down, right? It's, first off, it's part of the game, right? You fall down and you get up. It's the overarching lesson of the, the new players. Don't be afraid to fall down. You guys have all seen it with early players. The kids are afraid to fall down on drills, crossover drills, skating drills. They don't want to embarrass themselves. My kids know, no, fall down all you want. I want you to fall safely. Obviously, don't go sliding into a group of people but it's okay to fall down. As soon as we got that fear out of the way and started to establish some trust of I'm not judging you based on if you fall down or not, they're trying things on the ice and they're progressing super fast because of it. And because obviously not just me, the whole coaching staff and everybody, all right? But again, getting back to kids, right? Just some three things and we'll comment on them. Number one, Christy said this best. Sometimes silence is the best policy. Um, one of the mistakes I think parents make with especially teenage kids, you need to listen more than you speak, all right? Kids want to be heard. And if they're being silent, you should probably emulate that. It means they don't want to talk. Two, uh, emotions of a game. When you ask your kid, and, and everybody has been through this at one point of their life. When you ask your kid, how do you think you did today? How do you think? Do we all remember coming home from school and our mom and dad going, hey, how was school how today? Was school the today? last thing I want to talk about after school is school. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Okay? That's so it's the, it's the same situation. Okay. B, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. What'd you do good. today? Okay. Stuff. Yeah, how would your mouth Give it to go? me. Give it to uh, me. Yeah, yeah. You want it, but, but again, we have to be patient too, yeah. right? You know, listen, intelligent questions get better answers. They get intelligent answers. How'd you do in school today is not an intelligent mm-hmm. question, right? Ask them about anything else. That's yeah. if they want to talk to you. Let's just be honest. Some kids don't want to talk to their parents. I get that. I didn't want to talk to my mom when I was 16 about my love life. All right? So I, I get that. Uh, last thing, and this is Wait, from an article. Wait, why not? Well, hey, <laughs> Christy. <laughs> so See, now you're, now you're making me have flashbacks here. All right. Uh, uh, the last one, this is actually from an article Christy sent me, which is be a parent, not a pundit. And I thought oh, that yeah, was a really good. great, yeah, great phrase. But yeah. above all, the overarching thing, and, and you two can comment on this, you yeah. have to give your kids time too after a game. And, and, and Christy, I think you said it, Mike, you said it. You're like the third person they're t- talking to about this. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. Give them love. Keep it safe. Safe might be letting them listen to their music and you don't say a word. That might be enough. You'd be surprised what that can do for a kid sometime. All right. And I love the article that I sent to you really put it in perspective. I mean, put yourself in your kid's shoes or let's say skates, right? They have a bad game. The coach has already lectured them about all the things they did wrong. The whole team, you know, gets a tongue lashing. Your teammates may also be on your case about the pass that you missed or why didn't you pass it to me? So they've already heard all that. Imagine if this happened to you at work. You had a bad day at work, right? And your boss already tells you all the things you did wrong. Then your boss gets in the car with you and on the ride home, you got to keep hearing it over and over again, all the things that you did wrong. At some point, it's got to end. Right. Give the kids a break. You would want that to, to happen to you at work. Think about it that way. You have to try. I mean, it, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, kind of put it in a different perspective. They really want to hear everything that they did wrong all over again in that long car ride home. 
Probably not. Yeah, or, or let them, let them talk tell about you everything that? you did wrong as a parent. I bet you'd love that as a parent. Like, <laughs> tell me everything you've been doing wrong as a dad today. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you would well, say hockey you take, the cue, right, take the cues from them. There yeah, are times where they may want to talk about it and, and let them start the conversation. Mom, you wouldn't believe what the coach told us today. Oh, really? What was that, Joe? And then, you know, he'd open up yeah. and talk about it. He'd say, you know, we need to get stronger on our defense. He talked about this new play that we're going to try. Great. Now we can get into the conversation because he wants to talk about it. Yeah, a couple of years ago, USA Hockey had those great PSAs, right, of the kid, uh, you know, the parent bringing the kid to play um, – you know, the sack races, the potato sack races and, you know, screaming and yell at them and, you know, about, about doing it correctly and they're doing it wrong and then saying, oh, that kid's illegal. He's too old. And then, you know, and then they're at the, uh, another birthday party where they're playing pin the tail in the donkey and the mom is like yelling and screaming at the daughter, you know, right. about, you know, going the wrong way and doing it incorrectly. So I think, I think we have to, if we can, if we can remember those, that perspective, Chris, you just said it, right. Think yeah. about a parent coming home and you're and you're walking and if you're like we're, we're down in new york city right where you're walking down the, to your train and you got 15 blocks to get to the train and your boss is following you down the block saying oh you know today you should have made that call and that that call was terrible today when you you know talk to that sales rep and, and you lost the deal and, oh. you know, and you know we're gonna go under and it's like oh my god it's like, let let let, <laughs> let it end yeah. and and i yeah, think bro. you know one of the things i love is you know the other thing you know to to your point about our players and our kids speaking if they want to get passionate like I'm a big believer that, you know, if they're going to be successful, they have to have passion. If right. they want to vent, don't, don't encourage, let them vent, you know, don't say, ah, oh, just shut up and, and, and be quiet in the back <laughs> because that's the, that, that happens as well. Parents right. are like, Oh, stop. Cause they'll, they'll, you know, I'll hear parents all the time. Like, oh, like stop whining about, about that. You know, you should have tried harder. You failed. Like, like it wasn't even about the coach. It was like, right. you failed. I'm like, well, I'll let the kids vent, let them have passion because you can, you can take the passion out of kids much easier than you can oh, yeah. inject passion in them. That's true. And we That's want them statement. to be passionate and, and, and let them vent. But at the same time say, Oh, okay. I hear you. You know, let, yeah. let's, you know, talk about tomorrow or you should probably go talk to your coach about that. And I think that given the onus on the, on the player. And again, this is all age relative, right? If you have a, an eight year old, it, it really, I know it's easier. It's and, and, and Lee, you're experiencing it now with six and seven, eight year olds. I, my seven year old, same thing. You get, you want, you're, you're only focused on your, on your son or daughter, right? You're just watching them. So just having the perspective, of, I don't know, they look like they're having fun out there. Can't, aren't they? And, you know, and to Christy's point, you know, we, we've talked about it before, you know, you don't have to be on your iPhone, you know, doing social media, right? You want to watch and be engaged right. with your kids, but you can't get into the emotion of your kid. Especially and, at that age. I mean, the kids, and again, like I'm on the ice with my son. He's always looking over to make sure that I'm watching and the thing is, yeah. like, like, like some of that's cute. Some of it's also like, hey, focus on what you're doing. But, but right. he's looking for me, and I see that, and I recognize that. I don't, I don't want to be on my phone or be distracted. There's also times I separate myself from him so he can focus. Like, and, and usually when we play games, I try not to be uh, right over him. You know what I mean? Because I need him to learn yeah. how to do that without me. You know, again, bringing up some great points here, uh, everybody. It's just, you know, I'm a talker, right? If that comes with being a podcast host too. Uh, but I'll tell you this, it's not even just with my kids. This is just in my daily interactions. I will physically bite my lip like that to remind myself, you need to shut up and listen. Uh, especially when someone's venting, I, I try and recognize like this person, cause sometimes it sounds like commiserating. You don't really want to hear it, Mike, like you just said, but then I realize like, okay, this person's trusting me enough to vent to me. Um, and I can give them five minutes to vent because it's going to, to decompress. It takes the pressure cooker off. And we got to do that with our kids too. And you got to be willing to listen. I, I also wanted to say this because it'd be remiss if I didn't. 
we've said this before, hockey is a vehicle for your growth as a human being in the youth levels. All right. If you guys, if anybody listening wants to have a talk about pro, I'm happy to do that. That's not the purpose of the show. All right. Cause a pro is a parent or even college. You have no say no matter what. So that, that people are getting paid at that level. All right. But I remember, uh, and I can give you some specific stories here, you know, uh, and, and, and some of them make me a little bit vulnerable. Like, like this is going to like not trigger people, but this is the truth. How you react after a game says a lot more about you as a person than it does about the person you're yelling at. And, and it, it, it unveils insecurities in people. If you start freaking out on a coach, there's something else going on there that you, you got to deep dive in yourself and you probably don't want to. <laughs> or you might right. say there's nothing wrong with me, which absolutely means that you need to deep dive. But I can remember, and, and I'll tell you two situations. You know, I remember one time there was a team um, that I thought I was going to be captain of and I thought I, I should have been captain of, Okay. Uh, later in life, I would realize that captaincy is not something you want. You earn it because you earn it, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, I always say that the best captains are captains who don't need or want the seat, right? Uh, but I remember my dad, because I wanted it. I wanted to be the leader of that team. And my dad um, was upset that I didn't get it to. But instead of freaking out and saying, the coach doesn't know what he's doing, he said, here's what we're going to do. Write an email to your coach. Or let's get him on the phone and ask him why he didn't pick you, right? I remember thinking, like, I can't do that. Like, that's yeah. scary. I did it. And here's the thing. He explained it to me. Whether I agreed with him or not is irrelevant. He explained it to me. And then I remember he, my dad and him kind of said, look, you can be a leader without a letter, right? You know, like you're new on this team. And I was new on the team at the time. Like there's, there was a lot of good reasons. But that was a major lesson of, hey, talk to people. Maybe you don't know why they made certain decisions, right? Um, I remember one time uh, I was on another team and we did a similar thing. And the coach responded very poorly. I won't even say the team or what it was. But he, he responded horrendously, in my opinion to someone, a kid who was reaching out to him, asking for explanations. He took that as, you don't get to ask me why I make decisions. And it was just like, okay, let's, let's check your ego at the door looking back on it now. Right? Like, I, I feel like my dad and I handled that correctly. We, we very respectfully asked, I'm just trying to learn why this didn't happen. Right? And I think that any, any player that does that, by the way, to a parent or a coach, coaches and parents, you should give them uh, the time if they're asking in the right way. Okay. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not like, why didn't you put me out there with this kid? That's, that's not what I'm saying. All right. I'm saying if a kid really comes to you and say, Hey, I'm look, I'm trying to learn like, what did I do wrong? Or what can I have done better that I didn't get this, right? You didn't make this decision and coaches be honest. I didn't put you out on the power play because you need to work on this, this, and this. And if you do that, and I will work with you to do that, we'll get you out there. All right. Again, this is a different kind of topic a little bit, but it does go with that 24 hour rule about listening. All right. I am going to transition into the third one here because I think that does do it. Um, this is one people don't usually think about for both of you. And it's funny cause I just had an experience with this. I'll tell the story at the end, but, uh, 24 hours for the coaches to talk to parents is another rule that is rarely used. Okay. So what I'm saying is that sometimes coaches, you go, I got to talk to that parent. Uh, they're, they're kids obnoxious. They're horrible or their way they're acting in the stands. You need to give them 24 hours too, right? It's, you know, I wouldn't want to go up to a mad parent after a game, like you're too loud stop it. Like, so you have to give them, uh, that time too. It goes both ways. Uh, Mike, do you have any experience with that? Yeah, just, I'm, I have a story for you guys at the end. Yeah, I just did it. No, but I mean, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think you have to, you, 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 right. well, here's, here's a couple of caveats, right? Number one is the vast majority of our coaches are not professionally trained right. to deal with adversity and deal with the conflict. And they're just, you know, we're, we're volunteer parents. I mean, you're on the bench too. You're emotional. 
you know, so those are skills you need to learn. I think, you know, through the education system, yeah, uh, through certification, Experience. you learn that hopefully, right? But there's still, you know, there's still the coach that wants to put his foot up on the dasher boards and scream across the ice. And then <laughs> the, the kids start screaming, the parents start screaming. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Roger Nilsson throwing yeah. the towel white, out. White so, flag in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we all, we all get emotional, I think at every level, but at the youth level, you know, we, we as parents have to understand these, these coaches aren't aren't trained therapists they you know they're they're in the same boat as all of us and in and to your point that 24-hour rule back now i will say this one of the things i try to lay out for parents at the beginning of any season i work with them is if, it, if it's if it's a physical issue if it's a bullying issue right. you'll come see right. me don't wait Absolutely. 24 hours yeah. if you're having an issue you know if you're not going to come at me but I think that's an open environment. You have to, you have to create that environment because, because I, I can't tell you how many coaches I work with that the first thing they do when they go to a rink and, and, and is the, you know, they should be looking for where's the med kit, where's the coffee stand. They're like, where's the back door to leave after the game? Like they're looking for this. Like how do I not go through the hallway and, and the gauntlet? And that's just, that just sets, you know, sets us up for failure to begin with. But to, to your point, that you know, I, I don't know. It's that get, give that safe area and that that comfort zone that a parent can come see you if they feel like their son is being bullied or daughter right. that there's that there's an issue of injury or that kind of stuff. You know, so there there is a you know, but don't come to me about ice time. I can't react to it and and just set those parameters. But it, it happens all the time. I walk out and I'll and I'll feel it. Like I I much rather walk out to the hallway after a win, <laughs> right? Um, than a loss. Right. And, but, but if you, you've got to create that environment that you're going to say hello to the mom and dad with the same vigor and same smile in a loss that you will in a win. And right. that's, that's a trainable thing. That's something you need to, to train yourself to do. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to address, and you touched upon this, Lee. Um, it does get really emotional in the stands. I can recall one game where a kid took a really big hit. Yeah. And the kid that got hit was on the ice, not getting up. Right. It's so hard to see. It's terrifying. So was it a clean check? Debatable. But the kid's lying on the ice, and the parent up in the stand whose kid gave the hit is yelling out, he's faking it. Oh, he's man. faking it. And yeah, I guess stomach that. was so – I was sick. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, well, it was parent to parent and then, too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the parents of the kid who got hit are hysterical, yelling at the parent of the kid who gave the hit. It gets ugly. There was a fist fight in the stands. Yeah. And it yeah. just out too. of control. Police get called. And it's like, this. This got to stop. <laughs> well, we what should not be called. But that wasn't that wasn't in hockey, right? That was a basketball. That was a basketball event. You're right, right? That had nothing to do with hockey. Oh, I've seen so, this in hockey. Nice try, Mike. Oh, but yeah. I've, seen oh, so, I've seen parents go on the ice. I've seen parents go on the ice to fight people. I've seen yeah, it. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's it's awful. So we need to learn how to you know really get control of our emotions, and your words can really stir the pot and get everything oh, yeah. that's already heated. Um, even to a, a really ugly situation. What are you teaching um, your kids so, if you do that? Exactly. What is yeah, but, yeah. Co- but coaches, so again, but coaches that are coaches that are involved here too. They, they, they everything they do. If you, if you're going to be the, if you're the coach screaming, yelling, the parents have an open door to scream and yell. Right. And you, you could, you could really change the culture. Now in our world of hockey, when you have yeah. teams, like you only see these people for 
five or six months and then a new group. And a new, it's so hard to establish that culture. I know where Lee comes from, right? That right. You, you, you have two, three, four years to establish a culture, you know, so in a, in a, in a pro environment oh, or a yeah, college environment absolutely. or a high school environment, I mean, which longer, I love. Longer in pro. I mean, it could, it could go 10 years in pro. In college, it's always four. <laughs> it's a road right, but you have, yeah. but you have, but you have that yeah. opportunity have to build culture. Yeah. Like in, 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 in youth hockey, you know, you have five months and it's so, but it so, can be done. It can be done. No, no, you, no I, doubt. Like said, but, I, but I think yeah. establishing those things early and, and often is, well, is important. That, that'll actually help us transition here towards the, like the kind of overall stuff here is, you know, what are the tips? How do you do it? Right. Uh, this is what I always say. Do not wait to establish that culture. Mike, just on your point right there, this can be done in a 20 minute meeting at the early part of the season. Take the time. I don't care if you're a new coach or an established coach, have a good meeting. Like Mike said, he, he puts together a little handbook for his teams, right? Establish exactly what's important to your team, how to communicate, why that 24-hour rule exists. That, that's the other thing too is rules are great if they make sense, right? But explain why they're there, right? Like we, we talk about this with the kids. When you teach them a skill, teach them why they need that skill, why passing is important. It, it goes beyond just do it, right? Yeah, uh, and Lee, just real quick because as you're going on that, that parent guide, I right. send that to parents before they sign up for my team. I'm like, oh, you're gonna, That's you're great. gonna, you're gonna commit. Right. Here is me. This is me. The, you know, buyer right. beware. Right. If you want the guy that's going to, uh, you know, sit the whole third line for the third period in a two-one game, I'm not that that's guy. Not you. So yeah. understand yeah. it. If you want somebody that's going to confront you, four seconds yeah. after a game, I'm not that guy. So, so yeah. to your point, get get let parents know what you're signing up for. Here is me, and I'm going to do it all early. So that, and I'm going to keep reminding you. And so we got to yes. keep going with that. And I'll tell you this too. Yeah. And, and Christy, I actually want you to comment this on as a parent, like parents <laughs> want that structure and the players want that structure. If you walk into a building, you don't know what's going on. You're going to go nuts, but they want the structure. So Christy, again, for you, like as a parent, if you were handed something of like, here's the rules, here's how I go. If you want to talk to me, absolutely the doors open. This is how you can communicate with me. This is why you have to wait 24 hours. That, that must feel good as a parent. Like, wow, they, this organization really has their stuff together. Right. And if you don't like it, shop around for a team that there better you fits your philosophy. Now, we had this one coach who had a rule that if you miss a game, your kid is going to sit a shift or two the next game. It's just the rule. Um, you didn't like it? Find a team that is going to be a little bit more relaxed. If you right. have a lot of social activities and you know your kid's not going to make all the games, maybe they're in chorus or, you know, maybe they do other things and they're not going to be able to commit to a team like that. You need to know that up front. And right. if your kid misses a game and makes the next game and they're sitting two shifts, don't get mad. That's the because rule. Because this is what yeah. you sign up for. The coach set a rule and they're going to stick to that rule. And they're not going to bend the rules just yeah. for you, just because, oh, well, you know, my daughter had to make chorus last night, had to make the musical last night. That's fine, but you got to live with the rules too. Right. I, I will tell right, you this right now. Getting the extra egg sandwich, uh, you know, during that time. That's all. <laughs> I will tell you this right now that uh, when I do team bonding, when I do team building, I always tell the teams the biggest threat to the bond is the coach, not the players, not the parents. You cannot break your own rules. So if you're asking a coach to make an exception and break his rules for you, that's not correct. If, and you're going to hurt the whole team, right? So, look, I was in choir. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> I was in choir for a decade. You know what I mean? Now, hockey supersedes choir, but I had to abide by my choir rules, you know, in the, in the opposite way. 
Um, you know, I wanted to tell one more story here because um, of a great coach that I had. And it's like, this is one of those stories I have to not get emotional about because like he did such a, a good deed for me. But uh, his name was Fred Snickeris. I was playing on a team out in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And I'll never forget this. This was like the year that I really started to realize, okay, I might have something in this game. Okay, I was about 14 years old. You guys know that time period where like you kind of make that switch from like being the innocent youth player to I really want to play hockey, right? And I remember that I was on a team where I was I was no, nowhere near being the best player, but I worked really, really hard, and that was recognized. This guy, Fred Snickeris was his name, would get there early. He told my dad, too, let's get here early. I'm going to work with Lee because he has some talent, but he needs to refine his skills, right? He'd sit down with me for 30 minutes to an hour before every practice, go over stuff with me on the board because he knew I didn't understand tactics. I started playing very late and I started when I was 12 and I think I was 14. Like I said, at the time, he knew I didn't have some of this rudimentary knowledge. So he'd sat down with me every practice and he'd go over this stuff with me. And then this is the key. I was the third line center on this team, which doesn't sound glorious, right? He told me, I'll never forget this, right? He said, listen, you're on the third line. You're the center. I need you to anchor this line. This is why that line's important. This is why your skill sets fit this line. Because of this line, you will allow our offense to score and we will win games because of you and your effort and your ability to work hard. I never had a problem that season being the third. I took pride in being the third line center because I knew my role. He was taking the time. He clearly cared about me and my well-being. He explained it to my father, right? I didn't always get as many shifts as I wanted a game, but I knew the shifts I were getting was worth something. To me, this was the perfect scenario of communication. We didn't need a 24-hour rule with him because we all understood. We were all on the same page. And that was a gift he gave me. Because of that, look, I, that probably led to me becoming a coach at one point. That probably led to me becoming an amazing hockey player. I was the nerd kid that, I, Mike, to your point, I wanted the team notebook. I wanted the team guidelines. I'd study them when I got it. I was like, this is awesome. It's like a pro team. I loved yeah. it. I, I remember getting those notebooks from teams, especially in college. And, pro, and then I started making them when I coached right? I remember lo- like, oh, I get to look at all the tactics and stuff. It all started with that coach because, because he made me understand the importance of getting there early, working hard, knowing my role, um, understanding that there's value in working hard and not scoring 50 goals a season, right? Yeah. It was a perfect scenario that I probably wouldn't have kept playing had he not come into my life, right? So I'm telling that story because it, it actually, I said it's negated the 24-hour rule because he did such a good job. We always knew where I stood. And then he rewarded me towards the end of the season by giving me an A on my jersey, which, I, again, I didn't ask for, right? Like, I wasn't looking. I was surprised when he gave it to me. To me, like, that was the perfect environment. And we won a championship that year, too, by the way. I should, I should say that. We ended up winning, right? Like, to me, that was a perfect scenario that I strive to emulate with every team and every player, keeping yeah. in mind that every team and every player is different. But That's overall. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, it, Good stuff. It, it, it was such a gift. I can't say that enough. I, I, I remember, look, when, when, I, when I got my first pro tryout, uh, I had a list of coaches, all right? Now, I've, I've had more bad coaches than good coaches. I think that's – unfortunately, I think that's the case a lot of the time. But I had a list of coaches that really made an impact. I called every single one of them the night before my tryout because I said to them, it doesn't matter if I make the team or not. This was a goal of mine, and you helped me get here, right? It, it doesn't matter if I'm going to play or ever pro. I, I want you to know that – Everybody said I would not get to this point, and you had this kind of – I called every one of them. Uh, and you know what was funny? I remember uh, most of them said, you don't have to thank me. Like, just – like, you did all the work. Like, you, there's no need to thank me. I'm proud of you. But and I, I remember that. I'm thinking, like, I do need to thank you because you did this, yeah. this, and this. Um, but I called every one of them, 
funny part about that, going back to the earlier story, I probably wouldn't have done that if my dad didn't make me talk to the other coaches when I was younger about some of the problems I had. It goes both ways. So listen, rounding out this episode, and I want to hear your stories. I'm not closing yet. Overall, I think overall with the 24-hour rule, all right, I think this is the key. Focus on what it is that you control, whether you're a player, a parent, or a coach. Focus on the things that you control. As a parent, you don't control the coach. You don't control your kid. You can control how you respond to them, okay? Have a good response. Also, you have to remember, Mike, I wanted to say this earlier, and, and Christy, I, I, as a parent, I, I think you'll completely agree with us on this. As coaches, and I'm going to say this very sarcastically, this may shock you, but we can't keep an eye on every player every second of every practice in every game, right? You probably want us to focus on your kid the whole time, and trust me, if we had the ability to focus on all the kids all the time, we would. It just doesn't work that way. I have seen scenarios, and, and this has happened to me both as a player and as a coach, where a kid sits at the other end of the bench, and I don't see him, and he doesn't go on the ice because I literally didn't see them. Now, you could say that's poor bench management, and maybe mm -hmm. it is, but I'm one guy with 15 kids on the bench. All right? That kid needs to move down. And I feel bad about it, by the way, too. I did, that did happen to me one time, and I did apologize to the kid and the parent and explain what happened. I said, it's on me. All right? I also said, I need you to move down the bench, but it's on me. And it worked out. Sorry, that went a lot longer than I wanted to. But overall, right, focus on what you control. Don't focus on what you don't control. Make, make good decisions like that. Christy, I wanted to jump to you to, to give like kind of some closing thoughts on that. Wait a minute. You're not watching my kid all the time? And not all the time, no. <laughs> Are you telling me you're not right. watching my kid all the time? Right. Every second of it's the time, it's your kid. kid. You know it's, it's all, all about, about your kid. That's it. None of these other <laughs> kids matter. Just your kid matters. <laughs> it's all about my kid, you know? Right. Well, I mean, it's circling back to the 24-hour rule and how it, you can mm -hmm. use it for the rest of your life, really. Now, my kid doesn't live with us anymore. He's a working man. He's on his own, got his own apartment, got a great job. And he has applied this 24-hour rule throughout his life. And in fact, there was a pretty tense work situation. And it could have been a very provoking situation had everybody, had he jumped in and tried to fix everything that was going wrong. Instead, he just, 24 hours, cool, cool heads, let them prevail. Let's see how it all plays out. And the next day, it pretty much was resolved. And he was thinking back, you know, because we talk every day. And that's the, that's the cool thing about being a hockey family. You have a great relationship with your kids. And I trust me, even when they're off on their own, you're going to talk to them every day because it's right. just the way it goes because <laughs> they were so connected. But he said, Mom, you know, I use that 24-hour rule. I'm really glad I did because if I had jumped in and I had put in my two cents, it could have been pretty embarrassing for some people. It goes into who knows the tension it may have created, um, how they may have felt about me by speaking up. But a day others. later, I love that yeah, thinking about it, other people. That's yeah, a big exactly. part. People don't do that, Christy. Thinking right. about other people. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. I just wanted to. No, no, but it, it all got resolved. And yeah. he, he was really glad. And so that's one of the rules that, you know, I even do it at work myself. A lot of times that, you know, things happen. I just want to just. You know, I'm hothead sometimes being Italian. I can't help myself. But I bite my tongue and I remember what that coach told me way back when. Silence sometimes can be really golden. Right. Give it some time and see if you still feel that way the next day. And chances are you forget all about it. You can't even remember what you're upset about. Right. It really does work. So you can apply that in many life situations. Absolutely. The other thing I just, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, just 
just remember that you are setting examples for your kids. Your kids are watching you. Right. Your kids are listening to you. So think about your actions and how you relate with other parents, with other kids on the team, with the coach. Because what you say, what you do, they're going to pick up on that. And they're going to learn from you that if you behave that way, if you're a big hothead, if you're always confrontational with other parents and yelling at kids from the stands that they're not skating well and that they're messing up on the ice, you're going to tell you that that's a clue to your kid that that's okay to be that way. Right. Um, and I don't think that's the example that you want to set. You see, Christy, this is why you are the USA hockey hockey mom. That's like, that's like the <laughs> right. top. No, no, that was well put, well said. And again, it's coming from the point of view of a parent, right? Again, we're all parents here, but like you really are the quintessential parent on this show in the hockey mom. That was so well put. And I love that above all the life lessons, again, you know, one of the things being a great teammate, you're teaching your kids how to be a good teammate, which goes into work, but that was super well put. Mike, your, your closing thoughts on this as well. No, I think, I think overall, it's just like the same thing we talk about a lot about preparation. Um, you know, the 24 hour rule is not a wing it rule. You can't just implement it in December after a bad <laughs> experience. You know, I think, you know, preparing and laying that out there, uh, you know, as a coach, you know, having, you know, you know, I'm not a big rule guy. Like I have, I like a lot of gray area, you know, Christie's point earlier. I mean, if somebody has to go to a concert or go to their grandmother's 95th birthday or something right. and you miss a practice, I'm like, well, Jesus, you know, let's, let's live a little bit here, you know? And it, so, you know, hockey is not everything, but set some parameters, stick right. with them, you know, be consistent. Um, if you're gray, be consistently gray. I mean, just to understand that, that there's, there's different circumstances, but I think the biggest thing for in this category, this 24 hour rule uh, philosophy and implementation, set, set the standards early, communicate this to your parents and your kids, communicate to the rest of your coaching staff and then live it. And then try and really just try to be consistent with it throughout the season. And I think you'll find to Christie's point and in your point, Lee, that, you know, after 24 hours or the next practice, like usually, you know, if you have a Monday, a, a Sunday game, you maybe don't have practice until Tuesday or Wednesday anyway. It, it, most of the time, these things work themselves out. And if they don't, it's a great, it's a much better time to have the conversation about it. Well, I will say this in closing, that if you have any questions or comments or thoughts about this episode, wait 24 hours and then feel free to contact <laughs> At team. Uh, and everybody right. just remember right. game is for kids right it's supposed to be i gotta remember just it's supposed to be act right? like a kid when you're there and you'll feel like a kid when you're there right yeah. so <laughs> feel free to contact us a team at ourkidsplayhockey.com visit us at www.ourkidsplayhockey.com you can listen or watch this podcast by going to the website or wherever podcasts are heard if you're watching this episode you'll also notice that we're all wearing sweaters because it is, in fact, sweater weather, sweater weather, however you want to say that. There's a lot of jokes about that. But it also means we are heading towards the holidays. And depending on when this airs, we are in a holiday, between a holiday, or near a holiday. So from all of us here at Our Kids Play Hockey, we want to wish you a happy holidays, number one, whatever you celebrate. For Christy Casciano Burns, Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. Thank you so much for watching this edition, this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody.